to you Unlock your mind and listen Come and talk to me Let's have a conversation I really wanna know What you think and how you're feeling Let's get into the show Uncomfortable conversations with Shalaika Tell me, I'm like, what do I really want to know? I really want to know how you got started. Like, we have been in touch with each other, but not really in touch with each other all these years. And so I saw it, Facts. but I don't really know. Facts. Um, was this music? Well, yes, the music, and then really wanting to turn that into a brand. What was that process of saying, okay, I'm going to try to bring this to the world in a different way? All right, so oof. Blues itself was originally a comic book. Mm. It was it was kid blues, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was because my first dream was to be a cartoonist, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a cartoon in the newspaper. It's called Baby Blues. Okay. And I was like, I'm gonna do like the Boondocks version of that. And um, so I call it Kid Blues, and then that was that was the brand for a minute. Like I got airbrush T-shirts and all this, like 2007, 2008. Okay. Um, you remember when like when dog tags was popping? Mm-hmm. I had one of them. Um, and then I don't know. While I'm running with that theme, mm -hmm. I started doing music or band class okay. at the same time. Uh, I'm trying to think. And, uh, my first band teacher's name was Christina Murray. Okay. She was a recent grad of Norfolk State, right? Mm -hmm. Fresh out. So we was learning the classical music stuff, and then she would also teach us how to play Abe Bay and Duffel Bag Boy and stuff like that. So I was like, that's really like what triggered all mm -hmm. of that. Um, and then as I got into high school, I went to a charter school. It's like my introduction to HBCU band culture. Okay. Because that was the first introduction of like, oh, high knees and like stadium runs and just show style, marching band type. And then, um, I want to say the year after that, I transferred to another school that was the exact opposite, like the military. Yeah. I mean, um, and we was doing all the like Chicago, the journey, the party rock anthem, all mm -hmm. of them songs. So uh, I had the best of both worlds for sure. And then really, it wasn't until I got like 17, because when you're 17, you can't really do no more kid blues type. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I dropped it and then I had Blues is Life. I didn't know what. Because everybody was saying ball is life. So it's like blues is life. It's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then as I started gaining notoriety, so funny story. There was a girl that I liked. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm going to play sex for her. Like, that's okay. it. Um, <laughs> and I asked her on a Thursday, I was like, yo, what's five of your favorite songs? I'm going to play them at lunch. And she had A lunch, I had C lunch, whatever, whatever. But the lunch was separated by sections in the school. Okay. So if you had English, you had A lunch. And if you had, like, whatever other subject I had, that's T lunch. But I knew 
if I would play to a certain window, I knew she would be able to hear me. So I was going to go in the courtyard okay. and then play the songs and then, you know, so that happened. I went to the courtyard, played the songs. I'm thinking she's about to DM me, something like that. I ain't get no DDM. So I went home and I said, oh, you, you, you heard the songs, right? Mm. And then she's like, yeah, I ain't coming to school that day. This story just getting wilder and wilder. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, but... What did happen the next day I came back to school, everybody was like, yo, yo, you gonna come out and play the saxophone? So I had, like, generated a crowd. Okay. You know what I mean, um, so I just kept doing that. And then I tried one other time, and then she still didn't come to school. But I was like, man, I forgot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but people would come out, like, the janitors would come out, like, the principal came out one day. So really, it was a huge following that I had and then one of the ROTC sergeants was like yo can you come play at our event mm -hmm. and then that's how I started like getting my name out there circulating with the music and then from there it just turned into something like oh you should go to school for this and da 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 so as I became deeper into the music the brand evolved also okay. so now uh, it's like a media company that I'm working on now um, so just audio visual content to just restore sense of self and sense of community. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's where it is now. Cause I'm learning about design and like graphics and yeah. this whole other world that I wasn't privy to before. So pandemic really got me like, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Multidimensional. Yes. And really channeling your first love. I love that you're really yeah. bringing the cartoon back into it. That's dope. Thanks. So, okay. So how, like, all of these things that's inside of it, because blues is life is, like you said, it's a, it's a media conglomerate. That's what I'm going to call it, because that's what it's turning into. And so, right, at what point did you say, okay, I'm going to go into this, and I'm going to go into that, and why? Like, uh, After, I want to say after school, because... When I went to school for it originally, it was just I love music, more so a hobby than anything. Mm -hmm. But I just I just was good at it. Or people said I was good at it. So I just pursued it. When you go to school for music, it's a lot more of a strenuous process. Mm -hmm. Like you gotta be performed and reviewed and graded every moment of that. So long story short, I fell out of love with music by the time like Got time for graduation and all that. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, yo, you know what? I'm going to just hang the music up for a second, you know, because I'm going to just, I just can't deal with it right now. So the when you see me do like the podcast, the playlist, mm -hmm. the, uh, that's me exploring because I got to I gotta find out something else because I just can't. Gotcha. That's what, seven years of my life. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> So that was just me looking for something else. And then I didn't expect it to catch in the way that it did. Mm -hmm. um, so now when you take like House of Blues playlist, when you take Casual Convo podcast, when you take uh, the guest playlist that I do, when you take uh, Stay Cozy, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's just me exploring different things, trying to figure out something to catch mm -hmm. um, and build a career off of. And then at the same time, it's just like, I'm finding, like you said, I'm finding myself come to this 360 degrees, you know. Mm -hmm. So basically, I'm in the same spot that I was with the Kid Blue stuff. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's just, it took me this while, this long to figure it out, which is, which is life. quite ironic. No, it's just life. It's, yeah. And it's actually beautiful because so many of us, even going back to what I was saying when we first started this, so many of us lose our way and get stuck there and all this other stuff. And at least the other stuff you've been navigating has been stuff that you want to navigate, you know? And you can correct me if I'm wrong. Like, but from what I've seen, it definitely doesn't seem like you have allowed yourself to be put in any boxes where you are not going to be able to express yourself fully. Nah, because you, if you think about it, like, I was out of the box to begin with. Like, when nobody, I'm the only, as far as, like, my neighborhood is concerned, mm-hmm. I'm the only instrumentalist. So when people see me from back home, it's just mm-hmm. like, yo, you still doing that? You still, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then even now, like, with the kids, like, when I go back and talk to the kids, they're the only, I'm the only one that they know that and that they root for, you know, because everybody else is like, it's me and then it's John Coltrane. And then that's it to them, you know? Right. Uh, so it's, 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 it's surreal in that way. Right. So, and I was gonna ask, do you feel that as a weight, or do you feel that as a knowing that you are that? Uh, at first it was. I'm not gonna lie, because what happened was I realized that I was trying to become somebody else's idea. Mhm. Mhm. And I was just like, man, I can't be this role model, superstar, jazz. it's just not happening um so really until now i'm realizing what it's like to have no pressure so because initially part of why i gave it up was because it was so much pressure and walked away from it Mm -hmm. but and and then at the same time now that i think about it the time that i spent away from it it's kind of hard to like get back into it because that's what's in your head and you don't want to become that so really I'm trying to become my own idea and figure out what that is. That's why, like, I haven't been as consistent with the posting all that much because it's just like, okay, what is my sound? You know, I just did, like, a Playboy Cardi cover the other day. Um, So really uh, trying to get back to a tap into what it felt like when I first discovered it, for Mm -hmm. real. And then um, just getting back to the root and the essence of things. Do you feel like there is a time constraint on that? And I only asked that because when we were talking about your journey and coming full circle, you said it was crazy that it, you know this all those years and you come in full circle now. But it's how do you feel about time and what you want to do and where you want to go? Uh, uh, I, the only thing that matters to me is the intention. Because right? okay. like I said before, with the pressure and trying to be other people's idea, that, like, before that, is before time, is that, you mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of, I can't even go to it without, I can't play right now, I can't create, I can't, if I have constrictions. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the space that I'm operating in, like, before I, um, before I practice, before I record, before I do anything, like I'll pray, I'll meditate, I'll do that. So I kind of get rid of all of those things before I go and create because I can't operate in that space. Like I can't be thinking about money. I can't be thinking about anything like that because um, mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. it'll show. It'll show. So I don't want nobody to be like, mm, you chasing clout. <laughs> yeah. No, that's real. That's real. 
And I I completely agree with that. I bring up the time thing for two reasons. One is obviously something that I kind of I struggle with. And so I'm always seeking different perspectives on. But two, you seem very meticulous in what you do. So I wonder how you have the time to do all of what you do. Um, if it's in you, it's in you. Like, it's gonna get done either way. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, like with all the stuff that you be doing, I'll be, I'll be wondering the same thing. But it's like, you do it. Yeah. Because it's in you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that things will work together. If you really operate in the center of yourself, mm-hmm. the rest will work itself out for real. Like, it'll, it's scary in the moment because you think, like, man, I gotta do this, 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 this. But at the same time, you can't worry about it because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I enjoy your perspective on that. I will say that. I have a lot to learn from you. No, I don't do that. <laughs> no, I feel that about everybody, though. At this point in my life, I don't have anybody that I'm communicating with that I can't learn from. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good like perspective to have. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Nah, but nah, I actually, and I've actually, I was gonna send you a video today, and I was like, I'm gonna send this to him, and he's gonna be like, I watched this so long ago. I was the um roundtable discussion from 1972 with the all the different black thought leaders. It's it's a few of them. I don't know the hmm. year. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you're right. He has a series. So I'm trying to think of anything to make it more specific, but you're right. he had a whole series. I'll send it to you, and you let me know if you watch it. I'll send it to you when we're done. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but nah. So, I do want to ask, because it was when I was preparing for this conversation, my husband actually asked me um, to talk to you about the process of you putting a protest playlist together. He wanted to know... <laughs> Yeah. Yo, shout out to him because that's like I've never, I've never heard somebody speak that I don't know that I identify with so heavy. Okay. So when I heard him on a podcast, I was like, "Fan, that's me." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but with that one, so I do playlists is different for me. Is you take uh, you take a certain concept or a theme. And you just slap together songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the protest playlist specifically, I felt as though I was reading the room and I gave them my perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. So if you take the, the actual protest that was going on, it was a lot of um, talking to the other side about how we feel. Mm-hmm. And after a certain point, the other side was like, yeah, we hear you, but we just don't care. Mm-hmm. So with that one, with the playlist, I wanted to make something for us. Um, so I probably made about three, cause I don't, I don't do the, I don't do like the the action. I'm with the smoke playlist. Right. But starting out, I made like a hundred percent angry playlist. Made a hundred percent like kumbaya playlist. I made a hundred percent like I'm sad playlist, and then and I trashed all three of them. And I was like, okay. And I thought about you, and I was like, okay, what vibe does she give off? Um, and then what is the overall thing that I want to get off? Mm-hmm. And I kind of picked songs that met in the medium of those answers. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not trying to march the whole time. I'm not trying to cry the whole time. Exactly. But I do feel all of those emotions. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you just want to honor, um, you want to honor the past, the present, and the future. So I tried to do that with that playlist. I tried to, like, cover a whole bunch of bases mm-hmm. <laughs> and then make it digestible and then make it dope. So I think all together it took me, like, a full full week to do well I know I'm definitely biased but I think that you definitely did all of that and I know I text you this but some of the like in a lot of the songs I definitely felt you I understood exactly why you picked them other songs I understood why you picked them for me and put them on there and then I also really enjoyed the spectrum of the times that you covered so I think and you know like I said I'm biased but I definitely think that Oh, you covered all the bases that you were seeking to cover. Appreciation. Yes. And cool. Cool. now I got to also ask, like, how, and I know we talked about this too, but like, how did you get up to, and did I miss any playlists? Did you stop at 50? Because I know I've been off for a little bit. So what number are you up to now? I stopped at 50. Okay. Um, I started making 51. Okay. And then 51 has like four different versions. So okay. I have 51, 52, 53, 54. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'm just trying to, with those playlists, you just got to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to, okay, so first off, I was going to drop 51, but then that's when uh, the Breonna Taylor uh, verdict or the decision mm-hmm. was made. And then I was going to drop it like after a few days or whatever, but then Tory Lanez. Mm-hmm. And then stuff kept happening, like back to back to back to back to back. And then originally 51 was going to be like a mixtape, Wayne, Detroit Tushan, Flo Millie, just hard. Okay. Like, and then um, okay. after all that stuff started happening, I was just like... I don't really feel like that. So then I've got like a, a chill out playlist. Mm-hmm. But just with a message on it. And then like a couple of weeks went by. I was like, nah, I'm back on like the, the, the flow Millie. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so 51 is going to be, uh, I was going to drop it on Wayne's birthday originally. Because it's like, like the first song is like the joint with him and Shine. And then it's like, I'm going in. Mm-hmm. And then it's like another freestyle. And it's like, no ceilings. Okay. Um, so I sent it to you, matter of fact. Um, but yeah, it's just, and I started listening to other music, like uh, UK Jazz. And, and I found another group, like alternative stuff. And mm-hmm. I've just been listening to music. And then uh, with the graphics and stuff like that, it's just, I've been all over the place. Yeah. I don't want to release things that don't seem focused at this point. Okay. So, so yeah, I feel like I, I'm, if I haven't dropped in a while, I never stop making playlists. I never stop. So if if you don't hear me drop nothing, oh, send me some fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what's up. Um, oh, I had a crazy thing is I had a question and I lost it, but it's okay. It's no, I'm, no, I'm going to get stuck on it. I know, but I'm just, because it was such a good question, but it's okay. We will move on to this political thing then. And uh, I don't really, I'm going to ask because I got to ask. And then so I'm going to ask. Did you watch the debate? Which one? 
this most recent one, the debacle, the Trump oh, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I okay. Did. I did not. I want. I'm through. I did not. I only saw clips of it and saw. Yeah. So after you watching that, are you gonna vote? I'm not gonna ask you for who, but I am gonna ask you why. Either way. Uh, okay. So to answer your question, yes. Uh, uh, two, because I know people that weren't allowed to before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So more so for them. Mm-hmm. And then um, I view voting as community engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like if I talk about the community and I didn't vote, then my argument from then on is invalid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, I view voting like putting an angel on top of the Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool, mm-hmm. but there's so much work to be done before you get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, yes, I am. And because I literally, like, I can name people that are related to me that fought for my right to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, John Lewis was like, I got uncles that look like John Lewis, you know what I mean? So that just kept like running back in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I'm just curious. I'm not, well, I'll probably put my opinion out there later. I'm not going to put it out there right now. But no, that's real and that's honorable. And I feel that, especially when it's connected to you that strongly. So it's nothing I'm, you know, I can say or would even try to say to argue that. So that's that. Like, yeah. yeah like, but no, I, um, no, I'm probably, I've been going back and forth. I'm probably not going to vote at this point. And yeah. yeah, and I want to, I want to so bad. Like, I was registered to vote at 16. I was like damn near trying to fake my ID to be able to vote as soon as I could. And, for me to watch this whole political system farce or maybe not even watch it become really awoken to the things I was ignorant before ignorant to before I um it's disheartening I feel heartbroken I feel like I was I was in a bad relationship and now I'm like finally free I don't know if I can go back yeah I feel that what were the things that like kind of turned you off from it, like specifically? Honestly, this most recent election, whole, this whole thing, the whole Trump being president thing, period. When I never wanted Hillary to be president either, but I definitely didn't want Trump to be president. And what really disheartened me is that it don't matter who who anybody votes for. I think that's what it is. We can all mobilize and vote for Obama and we can do that and nothing's going to change. And we can all, yeah, mobilize and not vote for anybody and nothing's going to change. And so I'm like, voting is not the answer. And so it's for me trying to figure out what is the answer that's that or what is, like you said, what is all the groundwork that we have to do to make voting the answer? What is that? But right now, I don't think voting is the answer, especially for black people, because what are we voting for? And I think that's like if we had our own elections where we elected our own leader among us while all this other shit was happening, then I'd be like, okay, but I don't know. You think we could do that, though? Mm, I don't think we could talk about it on a recorded camera. 
I'm trying. I'm being so careful, but no, I think we could do that. I think we could. I, think, I, I don't think we're there yet, to be honest with you. Like I, that would be the most ideal thing. But if it came down to it, like yo, someone came out tomorrow and be like, yo, this is what we doing. I don't think enough people could get on the same page. I don't disagree. I absolutely don't disagree. That's also a disheartening thing, though. But. I do believe partly that it doesn't even matter. It doesn't, I don't think that we vote to find one unified leader. I think that we vote outside of this election just to give our people some semblance of power and control and accountability. Like, I don't think it matters at all. We still struggling to get people to vote, period. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the disheartening thing for me. Like, mm-hmm. we still got to tell people to get registered. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, I do view it as like a chess move or a business move at this point. Like it's not even, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like we, I think we feel the same things. It's yeah. just we choosing to do different things. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's hard. This whole, which really leads to the whole uncomfortable conversation. I was having a conversation with my best friends. And we were talking about all this revolution talk that we talk about. And I was telling her like, are you ready to give up your future plans for freedom? Like, if we said drop everything right now, this is what we about to do. We about to free our niggas from jail. We about to do, I ain't going to say much more than that. But, like, we trying to take them type of actions and we about to do this right now. Are you ready to give up what you trying to get, what you trying to do right now? And she's like, no. And I'm like, so how bad do we want freedom? And I want to know what you think. So here's the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think we know what freedom is. Okay. I really don't. So, and it looks different to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, because, like, I'm going to be just honest, like, freedom for real is mm-hmm. having a down for work for some people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So until we get an honest understanding of who we are, both individually and collectively, I don't think group anything is going to happen because we need like truth and reconciliation for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 like I said, it's disheartening. But mm-hmm. we don't talk to each other in the right way. In the way I see it for real, for real, mm-hmm. because we've been treated like animals for so long, we kind of don't treat each other like we're human sometimes, or a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So until we can unpack and heal from that, we, I don't want to say forget about it, but <laughs> we got, it's just more things to do. That's true. I completely agree. But do you think we can do all the things we need to do if we're not free? Can we do that here in this system? Not in America, but just in the American system as it stands. No, but there needs to be a point of action, like action points to do that. I don't think it's like somebody getting thrown the key and somebody else locking the door. Yeah, I think think a lot of people think that's what freedom is, and it's really not. Um, So I think that... Mm. Where's, where's the where's the 12-point plan? You know what I mean? Where's the... 
where is the organizer? Like, where is the, who, what is the institution that's going to back you? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does your community look like? What does my community look like? Um, how are you with your elders? How are you with your youth? Mm-hmm. How are you with your sister? How are you with yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, I think those questions need to be answered before we start, like, talking about, well, not before we start dreaming about it. Because right. it's real actionable, real things we could do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which I want to I wanna be hopeful about it because uh, I've been disheartened for a while. Uh, but <laughs> the fact that it matters, like, you know, love is revolution. It's not always a fist. Um, and I think if you start within your household of, like, how you operate with your family, how you talk to your family, um, and you treat other people with that love or ask other people what type of love they need, you know, um, or ask if you've been the source of somebody else's trauma, um, and be able to be held accountable for that Mm. and do the groundwork of that. So that's, that's what a revolution is for me, for me. You making my heart feel good. Uh, yes, well, that's real because I, I 100% agree. And the question I now have is understanding what we know about all the trauma that Black people carry and all the decisions that leads to them making in terms of how they cope with that and vices and such and such. How do we disconnect our people from the most detrimental ones. I understand that people, we're always going to need something to cope with this world. But the most detrimental ones, what do you think they are? And then how can we help people disconnect from them? Wait, repeat the question one more time. Okay. What do you believe the most detrimental coping mechanisms that the Black community has are? We'll start there. Or vices, coping mechanisms, or vices. I say, I say, defense mechanisms to start with. Okay. Um, a lot of times, it's escapism or just ignoring something completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that because things are so much in your face, it is hard to face them. Ironically mm-hmm. enough. Um, so escapism, forgetting about it, ignorance is a, is a defense mechanism at that point. So I guess it's hard because for me, because I've done both, right? But for me, a, a big part of the thrill in life is just facing it, you know, going, meeting the head there, mm-hmm. just going through it. But a lot of people, for whatever reason, and people have real reasons. I'm not knocking them. Right. Um, it's just, you just got to go through it. Like, scars and all, you know, and just learn something from it. And I think that a lot of times what, what's happened is we've internalized it the wrong way. Because mm-hmm. um, when we think about just, like, the Ethiopian epithet that was used, that was slipped against us, for real. You know, words that were used for the divine were used 
were flipped and turned into words for the worthless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So starting with stuff like that, you yeah. know, like this is who you are. This is your worth. This is how powerful you are. This is, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then I think the first thing is how we talk to each other in public. Mm. And uh, second thing is how we commercialize trauma. Uh, so with that being said, if you got a Twitter account, don't be so quick to bag on somebody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially if they look like you. Um, secondly, if you're chasing funding of any kind, have some integrity about how you get that bag and what you got to do to get that bag. Yeah. And if you're putting on a wig, if you're making a joke, mm-hmm. just kind of read between the lines of that. You know, because, I mean, I've turned down, I've turned down, I've turned down some bags. You know what I mean? Just because just the integrity or the purity mm-hmm. of it wasn't in it for me. Um, and it's like, I turned down a, uh, a tour with Casey and JoJo, uh, turned down like a, like a movie role. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard. Like it's, like, it's not for the week. Right. I, mean, I think as soon as you are able to do that, you sleep better than that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll deal with the, the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches if I know that, like, my soul is is intact. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that's it's okay. Um, it's, oof, it's, I'm still thinking about it, but... <laughs> I know that I know that in the long run it'll feed me better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why that's why like I pray so much and that's why I give I give out so much love. It's mm-hmm. just like, okay. One, I know it's the right thing to do, but at the same time, at least let me put out what I wanna see. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it for me. I hope I answered your question. I was kinda of rambling. No, no, that definitely did. And it actually makes me want to circle back to the beginning of this conversation and ask you more about your family. Because I feel like okay. some of this rootedness has to come from that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, my biological parents, uh, uh, my dad's a truck driver, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's side of the family, Virginia, Suffolk to be specific, mm-hmm. um, but around that area, you know, Chesapeake, right. um, all that. Um, just no-nonsense people, you know, um, cool people for the most part, Baltimore side of the family, you know, that tough love, yeah. you know, you know about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, they... They didn't, they didn't sugarcoat anything. And I appreciate them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we gonna crack and we gonna joke. That's what, that's what I got my thick skin for. Okay. Um, to the point where nothing really, well, I'm, I'm not gonna say nothing, but it takes a lot to get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with uh, my mom's side of the family, but at the same time, uh, from that side of the family, I got just the regular, just pure sense of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, my stepdad, though, 
who I refer to as my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually a reverend. So when you get into like the community involvement, the, yeah. just the moral principles and all that, mm-hmm. it, it comes from him. Okay. Um, yeah. So all of the standard qualities, you know what I'm saying, just as a man, right. is from him. Okay. Um, but like the, the the tenderness and the softness of just giving out love comes mm-hmm. from my mom's side of the family. Okay. Okay. That's dope. And what about, tell me more about your deep family history and just some of the things. Because I will say, like, I don't know anything outside of my great-grandparents. And I feel like that's true. Yeah, but it's like, I really don't even know. And let me qualify that. I don't know anything outside of my great-grandmothers. I know nothing about the men in my family. Because that's not how my knowledge has been passed down to me as a woman. I feel like. Outside of my, one of my grandfather, my great-grandfather, I know one, but I don't know nothing. Like, it took me, I saw a picture of my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother, and she was white. And so I always say I got this white demon in me that I'm trying to fight, but, <laughs> no, nah, for real, I, for real. But <laughs> my dad, for the longest time, didn't believe it. And I'm like, how do you not know? And so, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. How did you come to learn more about your family history? And like, uh, actually, believe it or not, school. Because mm. I had to do the projects. I'd be like, yo, talk to the elder in your family. Actually, ironically enough, uh, I had to do a project. It was a leadership or African-American studies. Either way, as a white teacher. Mm-hmm. And he was, I learned as much as I know about like us as a people mm-hmm. from him. Because okay. uh, he was, uh, he just taught me everything, and we we cool to this day. Like he'll check up on me and like making sure like I'm I'm doing the right thing, keep me in line and all that. Um, but really, it was just teachers being like, "Yo, you got some people in your family that probably did some things." Mm. And I remember uh, my uncle, one of my uncles, uh, just passed away. Mm. Uh, I want to say a few weeks ago. He was the first in his county to teach an integrated classroom. Wow. So, yeah. And he had to deal with that. And he was, um, I don't know if Albano is a, you know, offensive term, but, yeah. Um, he was a little bit on the lighter side. Okay. And coming up in Virginia, you know what I'm saying? He had to have thick skin, too. Yeah. And he was with all, he was with all the smoke. Um, but he went to A&T. Uh, they took, he took classes until they kicked him out. <laughs> wow. So he's like, anything anything math-related, um, anything, like, he just knows. And mm-hmm. to the day he died, like, back on, he's like, the same way they look at Nipsey, you okay. know what I mean? They yeah. look at him that way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where it starts for me. Because... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, it doesn't go too much beyond that in the family tree. Like, like we have other things, but uh, you take, like, Virginia and just black people, it gets kind of... Right, right. You know, um, but that was kind of the, the awakening for me. It's like, yo, I'm, I got some strong people in my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but really, the way it goes is the men were just respected. 
and then the women kind of held everything together. Right. Uh, so that's kind of the dynamic. Uh, everybody, anytime I go to Virginia, people say I look like my grandfather, but I've never met him because he's like tall, dark, and handsome. Mm-hmm. Got, everybody got a story and a picture and say, you look just like him. Um, but yeah, that when I go back home, I get stories about him and him just being like that figure mm-hmm. and uh, the women in my family just holding everything together for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's as far as I know, for real. Okay. Uh, when you get into like the generations and you go far back enough, some some things got swept under the rug that they don't really want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know? So it gets kind of kind of shaky because you got to start like again holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I know, that's kind of that's why like if you see me like my attitude towards women is so it's the way it is yeah. because of that reason. You know what I mean, and then at the same time too. My attitude towards men is just like I'm trying to like show love because <laughs> yeah. I know the the past generations it wasn't cool to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to break uh, break tradition in that regard. Yeah. But yeah. So what do you think the black man's role is? I and you know my original question I wrote down was in the revolution, but just in society, what do you think in this right now in 2020? Yo, you spit them topics, and I had to go get a journal. I'm not gonna lie. I know that's also part of this, though. Is like even before you answer that, right? Going back to this whole family tree, we are, are we are the future ancestors, and you are already documenting it through everything that you're doing. But also write it down or record it, <laughs> or record more Facts. for your podcast because this Facts. is what's gonna be remembered. Facts. Um, it is our responsibility to understand our value and then be present. Because I think a lot of times when we're not present, it's because we don't understand our value. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with like, it's you know, it's a lot of us that live in the twenty-five mile radius because we—that's all we, mm-hmm. that's all we think we deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Um, and I think the sooner that we can recognize that and then communicate emotion, like how we feel, because mm-hmm. the relationship that my father had with his father is not the same as the relationship that I had with my father. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure he wasn't asking how his father felt. And with this generation, we have a whole lot more words yeah. than my grandfather's generation had. And he wasn't allowed to have anxiety. I'm pretty sure of that. And that whole mental health conversation wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, but I think when you get into the, the accessibility of emotion, when you get into the, we just, it's not human for us to hold stuff in. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, I think our responsibility is is to communicate <laughs> for real, because it's like if y'all going to bat for us, cause we won't answer the phone. <laughs> like, what is that? Um, I'm trying to think about what else, and really, like, I'm trying to figure out ways to just implement that for real, 
to create safe spaces. But it's, it's hard because people, like I said, people went through different things. Um, and to create a safe space without trying to be, without looking corny. Because, um, like, I, I literally, I see you do what you're doing. And I was like, I wish there was, like, a male version of that. Um, yeah. So that's what I kind of been wrecking my brain around. Uh, but then, at the same time, to listen, um, to be there, like, presence again. Mm-hmm. Um, cause if we, if we don't know what's going on, how can we defend anything mm-hmm. and protect anything? Mm-hmm. Um, so find value in ourselves, find value in our partners and our families. Um, and then through that, you kind of find your role and understand your role cause everybody's not a fighter and that's okay. Right. Um, everybody is in the front line, uh, but everybody is human and deserves to be present. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the role is from from your perspective? Mm-hmm. For the black man? Yeah. Hmm. A lot of what you said, but to protect, definitely to protect first and foremost, I think also they have to lead. And to your point, all of those things you said lead, lead up to being a leader, but I'm very no nonsense no excuses when it comes to that so I kind of I cut right to the leading because it's just like y'all want to do it y'all claim like this is what I hear from so many men I am this I I want this so it's kind of like sometimes you just got to do it and maybe that's how I was raised and how I was raised to be a woman it was kind of like you just got to do things you just got to figure it out and so those two things to lead and to protect like Women are always going to be the ones coming up with the plans, but that don't mean we always want to execute them. Like we've been forced into this role, I think, to the point where a lot of us think this is really what we want. But it's like, no, some of us, some of us can be called into this role. But no, not every woman is supposed to be a leader. That's not our role. So that's, I guess, a two part answer. But I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. But it's just like. I don't know because, well, I agree with you 100%, but I don't know what's keeping us from doing that, you know? And the things that I said was what I came up with for reasons why. Yeah. yeah. But, but then at the same time, it's just people go through their own things, gotta deal for themselves before they can even be available to do that. Yeah. So I agree 100% with you. I'm trying to figure out what the disconnect is. Well, I will take some accountability as a black woman, but I can only take some because I'm not a black mother. But I was raised by one, and it definitely, I feel like it's black motherhood. We do have to start there because, as I like I just said, I feel the way I feel because that's how I was raised to be a woman, by a black mom. And I have a brother, and he was not raised that way. And so that is part of it. It just is what it is. We... You know, from the video you sent, like that, I was about to, I was about to quote him, like, but that's exactly it. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah we definitely. Was, yeah. Yeah, so. Especially like in the church and, and when, or even when it's ego, when finances are involved, like same thing. A, lo- a lot of leaders are paid to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get that power, you know, you can't, you can't be stupid with it. Mm-hmm. So, really, like I 
I said, be present. Learn so that you can lead and protect. You know, because leadership and protection looks different. You could think you'd be protecting something, but then you'd be a whole detriment to whoever you're leading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we are saying two sides of the same thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So then, since you asked me that, what do you feel about the black woman? How? What do you feel our real role is? What, or not even what do you feel it? Because that's a... I'm not going to set you up with that question. What would you like our role to be? <laughs> if you had it, if you, you, and actually, yes, because you actually love and respect black women. So I think you are the perfect person to ask this. How would you like to see black women really be treated? Like a human? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I think for the most part, um, because y'all have superhero tendencies, people don't view y'all as human. So I think humanity is the first point. Um, there's a second point. I think that just the same points that I've been reiterating, like the truth and reconciliation. Um, I think there are things that we need to be held accountable for, certain things that the system needs to be held accountable for, certain things that um, just the environment needs to <laughs> be held accountable for. Uh, but I think that because the, the conditions are so inhumane, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for y'all. It's like y'all see, y'all are in the desert and y'all just spending for yourselves at this point. Um, but I don't want to ask of anything more than <laughs> what y'all already doing. Um, it's just more so like challenging myself, challenging others. Um, challenging the status quo to see all this human. Hmm. No, I respect that. I definitely do. Yeah. I would also like but, that. Go ahead. But at the same time, uh, we gotta educate ourselves on what all of y'all are going through. Cause it's stuff that y'all are going through. I, don't, I didn't even know about. Hmm. Um, so, and really, all of this started from y'all, like the, the hmm. culture. You know, so first, y'all need credit, <laughs> y'all need payment, <laughs> y'all need, you know what I mean, a uh, couple, some royalties, <laughs> um, and um, fair treatment beyond that, but it's, it's very simple, which is infuriating. Isn't it though? Isn't it? Yeah. What I really, really want is just peace. <laughs> but oh for sure yeah that's for really sure. all that matters but yeah. i don't know even then, even then it's just like you don't know what that looks like for real because you never had it Mm-mm. Mm-mm. so you just gotta i don't i'm trying not to be a dabble but um <laughs> it's it's you just gotta create the love in your heart and then give that out and it kind of protected you know that's that's been the struggle for me because like like my pet peeve is somebody with an ego yeah you know what I mean like like all the time I, like if you, if you want to set me off that's the way um but even in that regard like I can't be I can't expect somebody to be built high I am right so um, it's, mm-hmm. it's 
it's stuff that I'm working on, but either way. No, that's real. That's real. I, my pet peeve is people not taking accountability. So I'm with you. I am with you. Yeah, but you know, the crazy part about that is it's like people get by without even knowing they did stuff wrong. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So it's just like the ignorance of it all is just a trip to me. Because like when we stuff, when we see stuff happen, it's like, yo, it's plain as day. But then let somebody who don't come from where we come from or isn't privy to the things that we privy to be like, man, what you mean? They're just, they're supposed to do, like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's trying to, and then, and then, especially this summer, I've made it my duty to not unpack somebody else's ignorance for them. Hmm. Okay. So it's just like, man, I just put a little little medicine in the candy when I can but for the most part you gotta be able to do that for yourself yeah yeah and that's where that I completely agree with the last part and that's why I get so frustrated with the first part because it's like if you were just in tune with yourself no matter who you are you would know what's right and wrong and whether you act on that or not you know that's just a personal choice that you make and I feel like everything is just so conflated i have a hard time seeing anything in the gray area most things in the gray area and i know that does not leave a lot of room for understanding other people (laughs) like i try well actually i'm not gonna say that i see both sides of everything but i often can't meet people people in the middle Mm. i see that i see that because it's hard because you feel like you extended yourself so far mm-hmm. like why would you you know uh, i've never been I, seen more clearly than right now i mean hey i understand but that's but it's that's part of the the understanding and the, and the learning that i was talking about like yeah. no i have to listen to you <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. um because how else would i know you know because i may have been a contributor or active particip- participant and the stuff that you're going through so i gotta be cautious of that mm-hmm. or how else would i be like yo you did that and that's not cool because now she gotta suffer because of it mm-hmm. now you need you need to go make that right right so everybody need an ally yeah so is that i keep asking you this question but it's like that sounds so tiring do black men need a break like geez that's it you carry so much everybody does i'm not gonna like every, and that's the thing. Like, everybody has their own thing. Everybody got their own baggage. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's what I'm saying. Like, when we communicate, though, when we communicate our experiences, that is how we kind of relieve ourselves of it. Because even, even with the music, like, um, like my next single is about my uncle. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, but it's commemorating him and honoring him in a way that carries on his legacy you know yeah so with um with me grieving like i needed to communicate that because like that that hit you know hard but i had to figure out a way to communicate that grieve and do it make a release Mm -hmm. and then affect others with that for the betterment of everybody involved because i'm sure 
the song about him will touch people that he's never met. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that when we can continue each other's legacy, be all the better for it. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> when, as far as like, you, know, you saying we need a break, it's life at the end of the day. You can't really take a break from life. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like you gotta find your 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 pleasures, your your struggles, your room for improvement, your rest. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. how what else you gonna do? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Yes, as long as we're breathing, we must be doing something, right? Facts for sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, it's part of the thrill. Because I want, I want the good times just as bad as I want the bad times. Because at least I'm going to develop from it either way. Hmm. I was, I'm about to ask you something random. Fuck it. What do you dream about? I be having weird dreams, bro. <laughs> like, weird. I be having weird dreams. Like, uh, if it ain't. If it ain't if it's not anything about music for real, mm-hmm. like I'll seriously have dreams about me, Jay Z, and Beyonce just chilling. Okay, okay. Um, if it's not something like that, um, it'll be like me talking to a pancake or something like that. <laughs> uh, but it's weird, like, it's always communication based, which is wild. Like, I had, I had a dream about my grandfather, my grandmother. Um, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. I have metaphorical dreams. Okay. Or dreams of my purpose. Because if you, like, I'll be doing music all day, mm-hmm. and I'll dream about music some more. That's how I know, like, what's, what's, what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. If I go to sleep and dream about it, and I wake up and be like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And then that's how I wake up. That's how I'll be doing so much. Cause okay. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. What, what about you? Hmm. I have a lot of um. Have a lot of apocalyptic dreams. <laughs> a lot. I have a lot of uh. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic dreams. I also have a lot of dreams where I meet different people, but all all people in my life. Um. Sometimes it is family a lot of times it is guys in my life a lot of times it's my sisters but I do I have had experiences a couple times where people where I've had dreams about people and then like the next day I found out they passed away and so I've I've been trying to process that for a while I don't know what that's about but mostly if I'm not dreaming about people in my life I'm dreaming about the apocalypse which I don't know. I know something wrong. With me. I don't have a lot of fun dreams. No, no. Uh, that's kind of dope, to be honest with you. Because if you think about it, it's like you you see stuff before it happens. Mm-hmm. You feel better for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, One thing I have not been able to do though that I would love to do is to dream in the past. I have not been able to go back i mean the past is kind of wild i know i know but that's where the truth is and that's what i'm trying to get to like how am i going to know the truth if i can't see it 
what I'm saying. That's why communication with elders is so important because that, that's that's the storybook right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even in the African culture, like there was, it's I forget the role or the title or whatever, but it was somebody's job in the community to relay those stories. Mm-hmm. And that oral um, communication was was very key. Yeah. I will say old people are living longer. There are a few people that's over 100 in my community. And, well, let me rephrase. Old white people are living longer, y'all. So that's a whole nother thing. We're going to have to deal with that. They are living longer. They're not about to die like we think they're about to die. They live until they're 100. So I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> nah, we got, like, we got multiple lives, though. Yeah. I think they just got one long one. They probably got some multiples. <laughs> No, that's a fact. That's no, that's real. That's real. But no, I feel you. We we definitely have to talk. I feel like we do. That's the other part of this. Some of us. I feel like a lot of our generation does talk to our elders. I feel like it's our the middle generation, our parents' generation, that forty to fifty year old gap that I am missing the connection with. Like I talk to them all the time, but we can't seem to get through in no kind of way. You know what? I thought about it too. And it's because they're the young OGs and they don't know how to deal with it. Because <laughs> they, they know they're not young, but they don't want to be old. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of them things. I don't know. Because I, I, don't, I don't think about my age for real. And people, people look at me like their uncle or whoever. your weapon in your hand because your sex is really but a weapon of sorts i remember because we did um we did the benefit concert and we, i did a spoken word joint mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even that was weird because like that was the first time that i did that like for that type of mm-hmm. setting and i was just like yo this yeah. is dope i gotta do it again um but yeah just trying to see how i exist in different spaces mm-hmm so, do you think? You know what? Not, uh, I do, but as a way to make my songs. Okay. okay. Or, uh, like, in the shower. Like, I sing like that. Yeah. You know, that, that yeah. off-kilter, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, I have, like, my first song that I wrote down were for short R&B songs. Okay. And then I recorded myself, and I was like, this ain't going to work. Uh, Stop it! No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Um, 
So yeah, that's how I picked it up. And actually, my teacher in middle school put me on the saxophone. Okay. She was like, yo, we starting up this jazz band. Um, we're going to put you on this one because my first instrument was the trumpet. They give you, like, I couldn't, there's a certain buzz that you got to make on the trumpet for the producer sound. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make that sound to save my life. So I got put on this instrument called, like, the baritone horn, mm-hmm. where, like, it sits in your knee, like a little tuba or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> and then I was playing, like, saxophone melodies on that. Okay. So that's how I got transferred. And then, um, and then yeah, and then ninth grade, uh, it was the tenor sax. Mm-hmm. Now I play the alto. Yeah. Okay. So I've been all over. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. That was my first one. But you can't march with that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like if you, I, I give people this reference. You remember that song by James Brown? I feel good. Mm-hmm. That's a baritone sax. Okay. Okay. Dun 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 dun. And then when I was drum major, twelfth grade. I was drum major and playing baritone sax at the same time. You was doing the most, okay. (laughs) We didn't. We had it was eight people in the band. Oh, like eight total, like everybody. Wow. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, so we was we was doing a whole bunch, too much. Yeah. But uh, covering a whole. But yeah, I, I mean, I gotta sing now since you're thinking my heart be singing. Yes, you do have to sing. You also have to sing because you encourage me to sing on mine. You hear how I sound on mine. <laughs> and so if I can do it, you can do it. And, but I'm getting Nikki to re record mine. <laughs> but here's the thing I don't, I don't want to come off like that, like a singer at all. Why? It's just another layer. It's just another layer. A layer of mystery. Okay, maybe it's like a seventh layer then. Maybe it comes after a second. Okay. No, because you see me. You see, like, just how I am. You got the voice. No. No, that's what, you know who I am? No, you remember that dude on uh, Can You Stand the Rain? Partisan Fontaine type of rapper, 
with the no I never killed nobody but something about me just tell you I will like it's hard without even being too hard right Yeah, but like, I got glasses. <laughs> Can you stop? Oh my it's god. Like, when you got glasses, it's just like, uh -uh, I don't believe you. Nah, you're right. No, you're right. I think that is more trouble than it made you worth. I look, I look like I'm about to interview somebody. <laughs> it's crazy because I don't see you that way. Like, nothing, like, I don't know. You could be, and maybe that's because we still got to get to know each other more. Because you could be anybody you want to be to me. Like, I don't, I guess I don't see you in boxes. Like, you could be, you could, I don't know. Even, I could say you could take your glasses off, but even with the glasses. I don't know. Uh, well, I, I feel you. It's just not what you feel. <laughs> It'll happen at some point. But it's just like, it's no urgency to me. Because I already know, like, for me, I'm trying to phrase it the right way. I know what I can do. Mm -hmm. It's just the execution of it has to make sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. like, like, wait till you, wait till you hear this new music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Especially, I got a uh, I got a project that I'm working on right now. It's just like stuff that you've never heard me do. Um, so, do you yeah. collaborate with people musically often? Is that like something you do? So here's the thing: um, most people are not musicians, right? Mm. So as a musician, you try to like, you know. <laughs> It's just certain implications, you know what I'm saying? And people don't read the room in certain situations. Like I said, when you got an ego. Yeah. yeah. So I collaborate who I collaborate with, but most of the time, I shut, I shut you out on my story. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's as real. Far as, nah, because I can't, I can't do that. And especially, well, really, let me say this. It's hard to collaborate if you don't already have an established identity in the space that you're working in. So, I remember one time I sent somebody a track of me playing. And because they don't understand music, for real, like theory, they butchered the whole thing. Like, and my name was on it. So, it was a sound text in my mouth from that. Um, and then at the same time, there was, okay, okay, we're going to talk. Yeah, let's <laughs> There talk. was a time, um, there was a time where I got hired, like a studio position, right? Mm -hmm. Dude was paying like $45 an hour. So, but the music was like the most trash like, experience of my life. But I needed the money. Right. You know I mean? So... This is like my first taste of having like a job job for mm -hmm. real. So I don't know if you got any musicians or anybody watching you, but please sign a contract before you do or agree to anything. Have things in writing before you just go forth with it. Because what happened was I got two hours into the studio session. I got paid my little $90 or whatever. And then we were supposed, I was supposed to be around for the whole album process. Okay. And then um, 
I never heard from dude again after that day. That's crazy. But that's like the business of it kind of taints your experience as a musician. Yeah. Um, And at the same time, like you asked me about uh, my failures and my successes. Like Mm -hmm. it's been so much that has happened, but there has been so much, so many people that uh, have reached out to me to tell me keep going when I know they didn't have to. Like, uh, Missy Elliott was one, Fabulous was one, Big Sean, Janae Aiko, um, J. Cole's producer, uh, I guess, like, Casey and JoJo, Mm -hmm. um, there's a dude who, like, like, he's big bro to me, but, um, he did the music for the Boondocks for the first two seasons. Okay. Uh, his name's Harvey Cummins. He plays uh, piano and sax. And he's like, he's very much champion of Charlotte musicians. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the NC music is, as a whole. But, like, when people like that start coming out of the woodworks to just let you know that you got something, yeah. it, it's hard not to keep going. So mm-hmm. I've had sour experiences, but definitely the sweet ones that keep me going. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm proud of you with the humble brag, but it's not even a humble brag because it's like, these are all actual musicians. Like, these, you know, like, these are people who understand the musicality of it, and that's really dope to be recognized. Yeah, it is. It is. So, it's just, like, the the movie or the story on me is going to be, because it's so much, y'all. And it's not even, like, I'm still young. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, Get you a little camera crew. Yeah, I gotta work on that. But I don't like being on camera. That's the thing I gotta get over. Hmm, yeah. Because you're right, but it's just like, man, I don't like being on camera. I feel you. You are very special because this is my first time really doing this outside of Kayla, and I really didn't want to do it with her. <laughs> But I also really hate being on camera as well. Always have. Yeah, and I think college for me broke me out of that. Because being in the HBCU band, they're going to put that camera on you for sure. Especially yeah. for homecoming season. I was like, phew. Uh, man, when you, you got class of 69, I told myself. Uh, you gotta love the old heads, though. You gotta love So, I guess my last question would be, would you... Mm, actually, two-part. What experience are you craving? What is one experience that you just... You gotta have soon. It gotta happen. To be honest with you, I'm going through growing pains. Uh, so I feel like I'm tapping into my purpose like more than ever. Mm-hmm. And with that comes challenges. Um, so I'm kind of like seeking the challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just in the space of like, okay, bring it on. Because right. I'm, I'm going to develop from it. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, is that for real? Because mm-hmm. at least I learn at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying. Like, 
I just want to learn it as much as I can so I can be of use to just the greater community, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, money, uh, mm -hmm. the direct deposits started. Um, but just, but just love at the end of the day. Like if I put something out, just the the proof of impact for real. I guess that's mm -hmm. that that'll be my answer. The proof of impact. Mm -hmm. But even with the stuff, it's the stuff that I'm doing. It's more so me learning. Mm -hmm. So even if I don't get the immediate response that I, that I want, at least I'm digging deeper into who I already am. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I mean, either way, if I don't get it, I'm fulfilled. If I do get it, I'm fulfilled. So, what about you? Hmm. <clears throat> land? I want land. So you come with a different accent. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's what I'm craving right now. Like, I want to get out of this literal box that I'm in and be able to be outside all day I want to take back everything that I've been made to feel afraid of my whole life and part of it is being outside doing yard work being with animals just doing all that stuff I'm craving that experience right now not that I didn't do yard work. I definitely was out there cutting grass and shit like that but I mean like actually tending to the land but Got you. Yeah. I feel yeah. That's what I want immediately. If I yeah. Somebody can say I can give you anything you want right now. I say give me some land. Mm. Yeah. That's dope. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But I mean money is part of that though, right? Like if somebody gave me the money instead I would just take it and get the land. So. But you know what though? I realized that like because of the sacrifices that I've had to make in COVID, you realize what matters and what doesn't, right? right? Mm -hmm. And, of course, money is a tool, but for the actual purpose and things of what you're doing, I'm realizing that it doesn't mean as much to me as it once did. Mm -hmm. So, yes, mm -hmm. it's needed, but I don't think about it because if, if truly I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, it'll come. You know what I mean, like it, it's all. I hate to use this example because it's a bad comparison, but it's like it's the same way as like I don't see how dudes like chase women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cause if like if you doing what you doing, they gonna come. Like, yeah. And I, I view money similarly to that. Hmm. Well, that I this wasn't even a question I was about to ask. But are you looking for a wife? Not looking, no. not seeking, but like, are you? No, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I think that there's certain things within myself that I need to learn, mm -hmm. you know, because I think for the most part, and you, you know a bit of this, I've gone so far to make other people happy mm -hmm. that I don't really know what makes me happy. So that's kind of the, I'm not, I'm not trying to evade or avoid that question, but yeah. it's just for me, that's what, that's the zone that I'm in. No, it's hard because it's because it's i'm sure it's like it sounds pretty to make it happen you know what I mean? right right uh, <laughs> and uh, like, i know that that answer is like frustrating but 
but it's the truth. I will say I don't think it's frustrating at all. I think more than anything, women just want an honest answer, and I think that was just so very honest and genuine. And yeah. from my perspective, yeah. I don't think that's frustrating. I think you knowing exactly what you need right now and what you're not trying to bring to anybody else is the realest thing that you. And then are you come? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. How is it for you? Like, oh, see, I, that's why I was about to keep going, so you wouldn't even ask that question. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, I tell you, it, it's dope because like I view it as you finding a partner, a friend, uh, all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so I didn't find it at this age. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. just like I look at y'all like salute to both of y'all. <laughs> well, thank you. It's work. But it's what we both wanted. Like, we both needed to be able to prove something to each other. And for me, it was to prove that I can be committed forever, right? I've been feeling it and wanting it and would have given it to a number of different people who never deserved it or wanted it or all these things. And so for me, it was the culmination of everything that I have been wanting to give out, being able to be received. That's dope. That's dope. I'm sure, I don't know. We'll have a conversation. That's what I was going to ask you really is when are you going to come to Baltimore? Because I have some things I want to talk to you off camera about and you can meet him. Uh, Next year, whenever COVID passes up. Okay. Because I got... Because when I tell you, like, I don't know what part of Baltimore you're from, but, like, all of my family's like, yo, when you coming? When you coming? When yeah. you coming? Because yeah. um, uh, my aunt passed away um, up there, and I recorded something for her, mm-hmm. and they played it over the speakers. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Ah. So um, I just got a call, like, Saturday. Like, yo, when are you coming? Like, for real? Mm-hmm. But it's, um... Yeah, and I gotta get I gotta get back into that too because it's something which really like okay what am I doing in my community mm-hmm. and then this year will be the first year since 2013 mm-hmm. where I didn't work the holidays okay wow so it's like yeah what you gonna do, what you gonna do? yeah what you gonna do so I gotta make time um but, but yeah, it's just, like I said, it's all new right now. Mm-hmm. So, we'll figure it out. Charlotte is a city for the out-of-towners. Mm. Okay. So, I remember, so, okay, let me give you the breakdown, right? So, before the baby, before Cole, before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The people were saying that they were not from Charlotte. That's wild. You know, you know how, how, you know how people be like, they was born in Brooklyn, and then they moved, and, like, they were six months old. Like, mm-hmm. New York. like but you got an accent. Like, but you... <laughs> uh, so, it was, it was not cool to be from Charlotte. Like, okay. For a while. Um, and I remember when I went to Elizabeth City, people was like, oh, I'm from Charlotte. Da, 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 da. I was like, yo, what side are you from? I was like, oh, but I'm really from Concord. Like, bro, stop it. That's stop it. So crazy. Really, and then at the same time, um, part of the reason why I was so welcomed at Elizabeth City was because 
you know, at Virginia State, how the natives looked at people from New York. Mm-hmm. People from Elizabeth City look at people from Charlotte like that. Okay. Okay. Because like, bro, if you if you say you go, if you say you're from Charlotte, they look they look at you like, okay, you sit there, you're not gonna talk. Mm-hmm. But because of my time in Virginia, you know what I mean? Right. I was able to adapt in a way. So mm-hmm. they was like, oh my God, <laughs> so on and so forth. Um, so, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm never going to leave because, like, like, but politically, we are behind. Okay. You know, business-wise, we are behind. Mm-hmm. Um, technologically-wise, we are behind. And if you want to, if you want to change for real, for real, mm-hmm. stuff with the politics, the business, the tech. Mm-hmm. So, let me get my, like, I'm taking my time now to, like, get my proficiency okay. in design. That's why when you see, like, the videos and stuff like that, it's really just me winging it. Like, the first couple of animations and, and graphics and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, because it'll be at a point where I really do start getting the camera crew, like, mm-hmm. shot with that footage. Because, really, I just want to tell our stories mm-hmm. um, without, like I said, commercialized trauma. Um so and then that's that'll for me to have just the doll to do that it's going to take a lot so you got to start working with like like-minded people but mm-hmm. then a lot of times in charlotte people trying to do what it everybody else is doing right so and then like i said ego so i gotta get over that uh for the betterment of just the community and essentially i really want to start uh building training centers because what happens is people come from Atlanta, New York, California, mm-hmm. and create these opportunities, and they box out the natives, mm-hmm. and most importantly, the babies. So I'm mm-hmm. just I'm starting with my church. Um, okay. That's my community for right now. Mm-hmm. That's why I said, like, when I was on the Bible study call, it's just important for me to mm-hmm. be present. Uh, so I'm, I'm really living the stuff that I've been saying. Right. Because uh, I... Because that's how we talk to the generations. That's how we talk to the community, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And then from that, we start introducing, introducing and enhancing the traditions that we're currently put in place. Because uh, it's a whole lot of stuff that isn't serving us, for real. Right. So not to do away with anything, but just enhance what already is there. Mm-hmm. So everybody can feel represented and, and valued and seen. Uh, it's kind of where I'm at, so I'll be here for a minute, but uh, wherever it takes me, I'll go. Yeah. Okay, well, I enjoyed our conversation. The only reason I'm even about to go now is because I have to pee, and so. <laughs> yeah, we got to do another one, for real, this is dope. I know, like I said, I really want to see you soon, because like, a lot of the questions I really want to ask, I cannot do right here, and I really want to get inside your head about what you really thinking in terms of some stuff. So I'll tell you what, until I until I see you, um, let's do just stuff off the record. Okay. Um, not recorded. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because cause for real, that we, we got to start having those conversations for real. Thank you for listening and sharing your time and space with me. I hope that you were able to go on a mental journey and that you'll go on to have your own conversations with the people close to you. I wish you all peace, joy, love, and prosperity in all of your interactions and your endeavors. Until we meet again.